Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with author, doctor, and coach Claire Eunice. During medical school, she pursued a degree in creative writing, knowing that her stories would not wait for a more convenient time. Since becoming a doctor, she has used a writing background to establish a literature and medicine program to augment clinician, well-being, coaching, and teaching. She's an avid writer and author. We get into all of this and much more. Enjoy the interview. I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Hey, thanks for taking a minute out. Thanks for being flexible. I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. You know, I was looking up your podcast before meeting with you, and I'm reading and, and listening to all these fantastic jazz musicians and feeling, you know, teeny tiny. I'm like, boy, I wish I had something musical to offer to your, uh, to your oh, podcast. And <laughs> no, this is great. In fact, I, you know, I was approached by Podmatch, and I've really branched out, and I'm so glad I did because there's so many walks of life, so many amazing stories, and people and conversations. And the more I'm doing podcasting, I think in this world of being divisive and fractured, I think these podcasts and getting to know people and understanding how the rest of the world works is so key for humans. And it's such a good, positive thing. So I, I, it's my pleasure to be able to highlight and to talk to you. So I appreciate you taking a minute out. Oh, you are talking my language. I think that's just wonderful to hear, and it is absolutely so true. The fractious uh, result of the last several years on our on our country and on our general dialogue has been so hard to live with. So how wonderful to be contributing to changing those tides. Yeah, absolutely, one step at a time. So where are you coming out of? So I'm currently in Auburn, California, where I'm a practicing pediatrician, Um and I've been in Auburn for, gosh, 17 years now. <laughs> now, where is that in relationship to Southern California? Are you, is it, are you in so, Southern? Well, I'm in, no, I'm in Northern California, and I'm in the foothills, okay. kind, of, kind of midway between Sacramento and, and Lake, North Lake Tahoe. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, I just went on a trip from Kansas City to Colorado to a wedding, and then we drove to San Diego. So I've always loved California, oh. and it was great to get there. So... Um, yeah, depending yeah. on the so, time of year, we're we're kind of yeah. hot hot right now. <laughs> I get well, another month I, or two before you visit again. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're used to it here. I'm part cat, so I don't mind the heat. When we hit the uh, Colorado sign, it was 104 degrees without oh, even oh my goodness, yeah, without without there being any fluctuation with environment and humidity. So oh, yeah, once we got to California and San Diego, is usually you know. 70s oh, to 80s, freezing. it was like it was like a cold front came in. So, it's, oh, uh, absolutely, the coast it's is all lovely. Good. That's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, before we get into what you do as an author and clinician, I want to know how did you survive COVID? What did that period of time do for you? So, you know, my experience of COVID was um, was a little bit different, I think, than many people's. Obviously, as a pediatrician, I continued to practice. We continued to see patients. We adjusted how we got people in and out of the building, so we made sure that we were really separating well patients from sick patients. We started doing telemedicine. We made the adjustments that we needed to make to keep people safe. Um, on a personal note, COVID had kind of two big effects on me. One was it actually um, affected some friendships. And that was really sort of an unexpected thing. But because it was so politicized and um, 
and the healthcare response to it was so politicized that as a doctor, I was seen as um, being squarely in one political camp um, by people who I'd been friends with for a decade. Um, so there were some friendships lost, and there were a, there was a lot of hurt feeling um, over that. Um, and also, it created space in my life. All the kid activities. I have I have two um, two kids, and they were in a lot of activities. All the activities shut down, and we had a lot more time at home. And as soon as that space opened up, I knew what I wanted to do, and that was to finally finish this book and get it out into the world. So, in a way, COVID had a really positive effect. In a way, it had a kind of negative effect and required a little bit of uh, rethinking about um, not only my my place in society as a doctor, but also, okay, how do we take this and try to create more understanding? Um, just like you were talking about what you're doing with podcasts and bringing different people's views into the world, it's so important that we actually are talking to one another. And the divisiveness of that early COVID time uh, showed how very far we are from that ideal. Absolutely. So let's go back to your beginnings, where you were born and raised, and how you got this desire to be in medicine and ultimately become an author. <laughs> so um, I grew up in Southern California. Um, my father is a physician. Um, I actually was a pretty have always been an avid athlete, and what I originally wanted to do was go into physical therapy. Um, and got a little nudge from from my father to say, you know what, you could probably be a doctor, and you might really like being in charge of um, making diagnoses and deciding what treatment courses will be and so forth. And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I could do that. And so that kind of launched me. That was probably early high school where I was starting to think that I would like to be a doctor. But I've also always been a writer. And you know, I think I, I started a journal when I was in first grade. I started writing songs. Um, thankfully, no one has heard me sing one because I have a terrible voice and probably zero musicality. Um, but writing has always been a passion for me. So all through this, and even when I went to college, I majored in creative writing. Um, I just never really thought I would write for a living. Um, so I wrote for my joy, and I um, put myself on the track to becoming a doctor. So when you think about being a writer, what book did you read that really part of the curtains for you, one that you really loved and maybe you still come back to? Oh, my gosh, that is so hard. I read a lot, <laughs> and I read a lot back then. Um, you're going to laugh, but what I remember reading and rereading and loving was actually, like, Shel Silverstein books. <laughs> no, those um, are wonderful. Well, they're musical, right? So, I mean, I I love the musicality of poetry, um, or at least of the kind of poetry I could digest as a young person. That's wonderful. What about music? Was there an album? Was there musical inspirations that really you, you kind of return to? You know, I think I really glommed onto lyrics. So what I remember from my early years and, you know, um, middle school, uh, junior high, high school is I would just be fascinated by, by song lyrics and I would really um, kind of geek out on 
how the meaning behind a song could be reflected in the music that was um, along that was going along with those with those lyrics. So I think even then I was focusing on the language piece of it um, and how the music supported, it, of course. So, who have been mentors or role models for you in your life? You know, there have been several. Early on, I think the first the first person who got me interested in medicine was actually my physical therapist. I haven't thought about him in a long time, but I was a basketball player, softball player, skier, um, horseback rider, and I was having knee pain, and um, I didn't want to give up any of my activities, and having someone who really sort of put the power in my hands to rehab and get back to it, um, that impressed me early on. So in terms of, like, who sort of first ignited that interest in being able to help people help themselves, help people find and and retain their health. I would have to name him. His name was Joe. <laughs> um, uh, Joe Baumgartner, actually. Gosh, I haven't thought about him in a lot of years. Um, I had a creative writing um, teacher in high school um, who I just absolutely loved. Um, and unfortunately, she has uh, since passed away. Um, who was also a role model for me. In college, I had a um, career, I, would, I don't know if I'd call him, a, he was my thesis advisor, and he also sort of was a great person to just sound things off. His name was Terry Osborne. Um, and that was at Dartmouth College. Um, my dad, of course, is a role model. You know, growing up, he was he's a radiologist, but he would take personal interest in some of the patients that he took care of. And I remember him, you know, bringing a toy to a child who was in the hospital and crying about patients who um, he cared about who were not doing well. And I think that really impressed me um, from very early on, that, that level of caring that he brought to his work. Um, and then in medical school, um, I have to credit Paul Lindy, who's a psychiatrist and also a writer. And I found him at a time that I was really feeling like I needed to write about the experiences I was having in medical school. And I was having a little bit of a, of a crisis of conscience here, a little bit of like, is it, you know, am I neglecting some side of myself by dedicating myself to medicine and to find someone else who was a doctor writer um, was fantastic. So I, you know, I've been really fortunate along the way. There are several people who have kind of appeared at the right moment to encourage me um, to pursue both things, to pursue both my um, desire to be of service and help other people and my, my innate need to write about it and communicate about it as well. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? <laughs> If I could meet someone or be someone? Uh, meet, 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 just meet somebody that's alive right now on the, on the planet. I don't do that fangirl thing very much. Okay. So I don't, that's an answer. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's yeah, an I answer. I <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's totally fine. Um, so let me ask you this. If you have a dream tonight and you run into the younger version of yourself, maybe in your 20s, and you could give your younger version a piece of advice based on what you've learned throughout all the years. What would you tell your younger version? <laughs> Hang in there and keep going, keep writing, keep caring. Um, I had a lot of angst back then and a lot of, of um, uncertainty that 
uncertainty at where things would go, even though I was pretty good at following my gut and following my heart and knowing, you know, sort of trying to have confidence that things were going to work out. Um, I, I think I would just encourage my younger self to keep doing that and to not get caught up in worrying about what the outcome was going to be. So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your, your readers, your friends, that ultimately you live your life. Who do you think you are? Ooh. <laughs> uh. So I would say the pandemic caused a lot of introspection on that. Um, yeah. And I ended up feeling like I was much more introverted than I perceived myself to be. Um, and partly it was because I gave myself permission for maybe the first time to be like, you know what, if I want to retreat and write, that's okay. Um, there have been many years that that really hasn't been possible, right? You're, you're so busy through um, medical school and training and, and early practice and then having young kids. Like there really isn't space to be able to sort of just retreat and reflect. Um, so, you know, I think I am much more introspective than than maybe I even gave myself credit for. Um, but I have always struggled with this question of, you know, other people's perception versus my own perception of myself. I am someone who absolutely loves to be outside in nature. I love to be in motion. I'm I'm dedicated to noticing and appreciating nature and humanity and supporting other people on their own journeys um, as pertains to understanding themselves. And I care tremendously about other humans and um, making a difference in other people's lives. What's been the best fan response you've gotten, either as a clinician or an author, that all, you always remember that um, you think about sometimes? When I was early in practice, I received like a four-page letter from the parent of a teenage boy who I had met before he went through his big growth spurt, and he was so nervous about so many things. And I met with him a couple of times. Um, and then, of course, you know, he ultimately grew to be a normal size and went on, and I think, you know, last I heard was going off to college. That's the problem with being a pediatrician. Sometimes you don't hear what happens after they become grown-ups. But she wrote me this super appreciative note about the difference that I'd made in his life, and I hadn't even realized it. Um, and I've gotten a couple letters like that over the years that just, um, I don't think people even realize what a huge effect that has on someone who's in a caregiving profession like mine. Um, thank you notes like that are are just so valuable, and I keep them all. <laughs> um, so I, I think there's, there's no greater compliment than having somebody express that appreciation, take the time to write a letter to express that appreciation. Um, as far as the book's concerned, um, I've had a couple people write endorsements for the book. Um, I had several people offer to write reviews for me. I think I have 26 reviews on Amazon, and they're all so gratifying. Um, but many of them just stating how much they related to this book and how beautiful the writing was and how much they really appreciated it. And that is um, probably equally gratifying. This is, the book is a dream come true, right? I've been, I've been working on this or dreaming of it since I was in medical school a couple of decades ago. So to find that it touches people's hearts the way I intended it to, 
um, is also extremely gratifying. So if anyone wants to learn more about you, get the book, anything related to your world, where can they go on the web? So probably my website is the easiest. Um, that's www.clareunis.net, C-L-A-I-R-E-U-N-I-S. Um, and the book is, is listed on there also. That's the easiest way. On social media, I'm at Literary Art in Medicine. Um, that's on mostly at this point just Facebook and Instagram, um, although I'm realizing I probably need to branch out more. It's just there's a limited number of hours in the day. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Claire, hey, thank you for opening up. Good luck with the book. Good luck with everything as we move forward. Great to get to know you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate getting a chance to speak with you, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, music, and medicine around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.